Welcome, my friends, to Scrime Year of the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems, Dennis. I just realized we forgot to switch from our usual Discord call over to Whereby, so I can't I can't see you, mate. We're not on video. Yeah, that's right. You can't see me, you know, queuing into this game of League of Legends. I can't see you <laughs> procking Volley Bear's queue to gank the chickens, Dennis. I'm, all the words you said were real things, but oh boy. <laughs> do you play jungle with Volley Bear? You don't, do you? I, I can. You can? Um, I guess you can proc a queue, I guess, because yeah. this queue is just where you run at somebody and stun them. You already gank chickens. You gank, like The chickens are in the jungle, though. Yeah, and even then they're technically raptors, but they're just chickens, mate. You've seen the game; they're just big chickens. You just call them big, chickens, big, I know. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we've got a big show today, Dennis. We've got uh, we've got some shark tales. We've got some advice questions. Mm-hmm. We've got something that it seems to be just like I need to get this off my chest. So I don't know if that's a new segment coming up. Ooh, confessionals! Get in the booth. It's not even really confessional. It's just like I want. I. I. I it's. I seem to need to get this off my chest. Which look, I'm looking forward to. That's 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 fine, dude. With that's me. a that's a good segment idea, though. Um. No judgment zone. Confessionals. No judgment zone. So it's, it's it's this is a place where you can't call a judge. No, which is which will we'll, we'll, you know reveal is relevant to the question at hand in a minute. Um, magic confessionals where we offer absolution. I don't really feel comfortable. Are take- we are we pre or post reformation? Can we sell these? Well, that's yeah. Hang on, wait. Do Protestants do conf- uh, confession? I don't think they do. Do they? I don't think they do. But I mean, back in the day, you could it could be, you could make a racket off selling these. Like, so do you really? Like, I don't. I don't know how I feel about playing the part of a of a Catholic priest. To be honest, I mean, <laughs> on the podcast, yeah, I don't know if I want to start doing that. I don't know if I, I'm not. A, you know, I'm not ordained. I can't offer the seven sacraments, Dennis. Although, hey, the money from the indulgences wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it spends just the same, right? You could be a man of the sleeve instead of a man of the cloth. I think that'd be fine. Yeah, a man of the sleeve. Oh, very yeah. good. All right. Okay. Well, let's let's put. Magic confessionals out there. If anyone wants to get anything off their chest, we'll see. Although I, I'm deeply uncomfortable with the idea of, of, of you know, Riley. Riley, I have, I, I have an idea what to call the segment. Okay, here we go. We'll call, we'll call it a shoulder to scry on. That's better. Now that's good. That I prefer. <laughs> you know, the idea of us being too supportive. Just you know, we're here. We're here to listen, man. We 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 hear you. You know, rather than being, you know, you're less you're less for, you're less for the step forward and confess my child aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, poxy lecherous priests. That's a, a little bit better there. Anyway, a uh, lot to get across today, Dennis. But of course, the most important thing for us to talk gotta about: gotta pay the piper. Gotta pay the piper. Channel Fireball.com. It is interesting that they have taken up piping at Channel Fireball. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, like I, I think they heard us talking about uh, dry stone walling, which we'll get to in just a minute. Don't worry for the second oh, sponsor. Don't worry about that. And we have we have opened a plumbing division, actually. So, like, the pipe piping is literally literally part of the MO now. I was wondering where we were going with that because I was thinking like piping as in like pipe and drums, like you know bag piping sort of thing. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean that's what that's what pay the piper actually means, right? Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, pay, the, pay the piper, uh, dude. Uh, this is a brief aside. We're recording this on the 11th. Did you see yesterday was uh, International Mario Day? International Mario. Oh yeah, because it's Ma Ten, Ma One Zero. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a hell of a stretch, huh? That's yeah. May the Fourth is always like, oh, I'll take it. Sure, talk about Star Wars today. That's all right. Ma Ten. Not feeling it. Ah, I didn't. It didn't really do it for me. I'm not a huge Mario fan, general. I like I, I like Mario fine, but I'm not a huge plat. Not huge, huge on platformers, so it doesn't doesn't do much for me. Right, let's kick Channel Fireball to the curb for a second and talk about the real sponsor of the podcast. Okay, yeah, look, bugger Channel Fireball. Because we'll get to them in a second. Well, no, no. Let's get them out of the way so quick. 
because that's the garbage one. The oh, you want to you want you want to save the dessert? Okay, I want to okay. save the dessert because Maddie and Hal have sent. We we teased this last week. Maddie and Hal have sent in an incredible offer for Scrymere mm, listeners. Mm, and I want to get mm. to this, and I want to devote. I want I want to devote our full attention to it. So, all right, what boring nonsense is going on at Channel Five this week? Well, it's the boring nonsense that you're involved in. Mate. Oh, so. of course, the boring nonsense <laughs> of the Time Spiral release party. This actually isn't boring mm. nonsense. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so Time Spiral Remaster comes out at the end of next week, March 19th, and mm-hmm. we are, have worked with Wizards of the Coast to host a release party, which you can go check out the, all the deets for at timespiralparty.com. I managed to snag us that URL. Very happy with that. Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of special guests, including some, you know, dumbos that do podcasts with me occasionally. And go hang out, go root for Team Jaya or Team, I think, let me check what the other teams are, I think, because we, we went through a lot of iterations, right, and some, some team names did not make the cut. No, no, I can uh, I can tell it was a, a very uh, fastidiously worked uh, process. Uh, yeah, I've yeah some other Team teams. Jaya, Team Venser, and Team Safi, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's already some team captains that have been announced. Yeah, Voxy, Ben Ulmer, and Amazonian. Didn't make the cut on that one, mate. Ah, uh, just still waiting for my uh, my. Well, now here's the thing: the mail there. Everybody else is getting assigned to teams, and I have to decide whether or not to use my pull some strings and get you assigned on to onto and immediately beneath Voxy. Please don't put me on Voxy's team. I really want. <laughs> Please don't put me on Voxy's team. I don't want to go on Voxy's. T- I don't want to be Voxy's lieutenant. Now, that's the uh, oh you you're gonna you're gonna flex the, the the proper Queen's English pronunciation. I I don't want to be I don't want to be the enforcer for that pestilential Floridian. F- Floridian, wow! Isn't she from Georgia? Yeah, she's from Georgia, but it's funny to say she's from Florida because she hates it. It's like you being it's like you claiming you're from Melbourne. All right, mate. Let's let's not let's not track that old ground. All right. Anyway, head to timespiralparty.com. Best part is we're partnering with us to promote local game stores. You don't even have to buy your packs from Channel Firewall. You can buy them from your LGS. Mm. Sign up. The event's totally free. Bunch of fun stuff. Bunch of fun people hanging out in the Discord and stuff like that. Go, go head over there and get across it. Um, and, you know, while you don't have to buy your packs <laughs> at channelfiber.com, if you do, coupon code night. Code SMAR. Coupon code night. Yep. Coupon code SMAR. Yep. I'm going full war. Coupon code Gabby. All right, let's go. Let's not do that, Dennis. Let's not bring. <laughs> let's not get. Let's not third parties. Anyway, okay, all right, that's enough of that because it's time to talk about Maddie and Hal Drystone walling the second repo- uh, the second and quickly climbing mm. uh, sponsor of this podcast here. Maddie and Hal Drystone walls. I got an email. I can, Dennis, can I tell you? They're marketing boffins. Mm-hmm. They've done it again. The, chick- the raptors, the chickens are at it? Yeah, the chickens are at it again, and they've come together. For those of you who don't know, Maddie and Hal Drystone Walls, <clears throat> the, one of the, if not the, premier drystone walling companies in the, in the Yorkshire area. Uh, <laughs> just go to the church at wherever it is and, <laughs> and yell loudly if you need the services. Um, they've come up, Dennis, with this idea. I don't know how they've done it. Honestly, I don't know how they've done it. This idea is so revolutionary. It's so brand new. It's unlike anything that's ever been done before, right? Here's the ad copy. Mm. Listen. <clears throat> Within every old wall is a mystery, a promise wow. of discovery of riches unimagined. Proudly presenting Matty and Hal Drystone Walls Rocks Breaks. Mm, this seems this seems familiar. <laughs> rocks Breaks. Not Box Breaks, Dennis. That's old Not news. Bo- that's in the no, review. That's old news. Yeah, We're yeah, doing yeah. Rocks Breaks. As, a, as crumbling walls are taken apart, ready for repair, scintillating finds from the past appear. Perhaps a Roman oh, wow. coin or, an, or Anglo-Saxon gold. Wow. An old clay pipe, a dog poo bag, a time capsule from a 200-year-old podcast, or even if what you're really lucky, a toad. I mean, that does... So, is that total life? 
Or is, that, or, is that, or is a live toad like getting a foil? A live toad's like getting a foil. Yeah. You okay, get okay, a, okay, a toad that was squished and, and petrified as part of the, ro- the, 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 you know. Yeah, the, l- lightly played. <laughs> lightly, lightly played toad. You now have the chance to be part of this wall opening bonanza. The first rocks break will take place this week when a 20 metre, yes, 20 metre stretch from the classic millstone grit set will be opened. <laughs> the millstone grit set, Dennis. That's, I mean, that's a highly sought out <laughs> that's, set. That- that's a hard. That one's been out of print for a couple hundred years. Yeah, it's a long time since we've seen anything from Millstone Grit. Come to the corner where, of where Stony Lane meets Sagar Lane, just below Bridestone Moor. Social distancing guidelines apply. I love these directions. It's like an NPC in oblivion is telling me to go somewhere. And buy in to one of the following categories, Dennis. You know, right, here's the groups. Channel here's five the groups, box yeah. break, right? There's, there's, what is it? Uh, there's all the colors. A, a white and artifact are lumped together. So there's blue, black, green, red, white, and artifact, yeah, lands, etc. Land, yeah, yeah. multicolor. Well. In Maddie and Hal Drystone Wall's Rock Breaks, you can Here's choose from one of the following categories. Metal, ferrous. Mm. Metal, non-ferrous. Gotta break those up. Metal will be overpowered otherwise. Otherwise. Ceramic and glass, broken and complete. Wow. Plastic, That's animal. Pl- 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 plastic is the lands of this because it adds up, you know? Yeah, you get little bits and you get little, little bits and pieces, and like there, there's never anything like super spectacular in plastic, but you end but up. There's with just a good so hole much of it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> animal vertebrates and animal invertebrates. So, what invertebrates are you lucky to find? Like bugs, worms. Yeah, bugs and worms. I feel like that's the dump one. I feel like that's the white. Yeah, they might need to lump in animal invertebrates with ceramic and glass broken and complete. But we'll, I mean, we'll, just like we did a box breaks, you have to iterate over time. I totally yeah, understand. Exactly. That. Uh, the tagline, it's got a tagline as well, just like everything with Maddie and Hal Dresden Walls. Come and find your treasure. This is really good. It's very this is good. really good. I really like this. Uh, Dennis, we're going to have to get to the corner of Stony Lane and Sagar Lane, just below Bridestone's Moor. I mean, this, this is tomorrow. This start, oh no, yeah, this is, like, this is, if you, you got to move fast on this, Dennis. We got to snag that URL. I just checked rocksbreaks.com is available. <laughs> well, oh, we could get it. And then we could, we could hold it to, uh, hold it hostage. Hold, hold it for ransom. ransom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Make, make it, make him play Resident Evil 7 or something. <laughs> you know, remember that episode of 24 when they took all those hostages in the embassy or whatever and they made Jack Power play Resident Evil 7 yeah, to get yeah. him out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he, he hated horror games so much. Yeah. This is such good gear, honestly. I mean, this is, it's so, oh, it's so good, dude. It's so good. This is just, free, so this good. just free content. If any of our other fans happen to be hilarious like this, please feel free to write in. <laughs> like, if anyone else wants a, you know, semi joking sponsorship on this podcast and you're as funny as Maddie and Al, well, I guess it's not Maddie and Hal, is it? It's their, it's their bloody marketing department that's coming it's the up. Chicken, it's, it's over in the chicken coop, yeah. It's the, they just pop a keyboard in there, like the monkeys at the typewriters, mate, and eventually you get the works of Shakespeare. This is, it's, mm. it's magnificent. Anyway, Maddie and Hal dry stone walls, rock breaks. Get on it. Uh, sign up today. Dennis, let's get into the um The actual questions. Our first question here right comes from, from Eric Nall, which looks to me when you see it written down like his name is Eric and all, like Eric and all, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It is a half shark tail, so just the woo half, and half advice. Shark tail, woo! No who. <laughs> scene. In, oh wow, I love the scene. Interior, PTQ, me on mono black devotion. Alright. This was my first ever tournament larger than an FNN. This has the vibe of like the like record scratch. You might be wondering how I got here. Yeah, exactly. No, sorry, just for the record as well. This is the. I just want to get this off my chest. Oh, this is the one. This is the one. This is the just. Like, is, I just. I just want to talk about this for a little bit. This is the shoulder to scry on. This okay, get shoulder, off the soapbox. This, this is half shark tail, half advice, all shoulder to scry on. I somehow locked, locked, lucked. And locked, I suppose, but somehow lucked into top eight. Then top four, besting Tom Ross in the mirror to make it into the finals. At the time, I didn't know who he was, besides a brooding guy in a leather jacket. Wow, I love that. (laughs) 
My final opponent was a mono blue devotion. Ooh, the master of the waves just riding across the board at you. Okay, I asked the judge what I could do with the winnings if I got first. I was told that I would receive a plane ticket and an invite to the Pro Tour. Reconciling with the fact that I was in no position to go into a Pro Tour or anything that would entail, I told my finals opponent that I would give him the invite for all the prizes. He stood there flabbergasted, his friend gesturing at him, Dude, give me your top eight playmat too! So basically what is happening here is they're redistributing the prizes. They're saying like, all right, whoever wins gets the plane ticket and whoever loses gets everything else. And they're like, all right, that sounds good. It's like, all right, I concede. Like this is the- Normal thing to do, yeah. This is like the dance that you do around like bribery, collusion and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. This is a tale as old as time, yep. Uh, dude, every time you have to negotiate one of those things without trying, like, without getting disqualified, basically, it feels like you're meeting someone on like a bridge to exchange yes. spies during the Cold War. And you, know you know they're wearing a wire, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, naive at the time, I happily accepted my two booster boxes and two top eight playmats, having never won a prize larger than an F and M top eight before. I would later find out that the first place ticket was actually a cash prize that I did not have to use for travel, and I would have gotten far more value if I had played. Additionally, I was ridiculed by locals for months for giving away a pro tour invite for a couple of booster boxes. While I recognized at the time I had no way of knowing the value of what I gave up, or that the judge would lie to me so I would make a deal and he would go home sooner, well, that's just wild, but okay. Yeah, that's wild, yeah. I couldn't help but feel regret during the following years of queuing for every RPTQ and always missing the invite. I feel like I've moved past it all, but for some reason it still eats at me every once in a while. I mean, you can't, you can't change the past, Eric, honestly. And I mean, all you can do is, you know, is look forward and make better decisions in the future. And here's the thing. If somehow tomorrow you were to find an ancient Mayan blueprint, let's say, for example, in a classic millstone grit wall in Yorkshire. <laughs> For a time machine, for a time machine, I don't think you would use that time machine to go back and win that PTQ. I bet you have way bigger regrets in your life than this. That, um, that, when I started the sentence, it felt more encouraging than that. And now it sounds like you're really putting the guy down. But Eric, yeah. <laughs> can I tell you something, buddy? I'm glad uh-huh. you chose my, chose my shoulder to scrum because I'm here to cure what ails you, my friend. I'm here to take it to to be a soft balm on that that blister of regret that you have here. Because it would not have worked like this if you'd taken the cash prize. Oh. So, when I was lucky enough to win a WMCQ, right, it was a very, very similar thing where they, it was, uh, you know, in terms of the terms and conditions of the prize, right? I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know what I very, very distinctly remember? What's that? If you don't turn up and register for this event, your your award is forfeit. Whoa, whoa. So, I, I, get, I get my $300 award or whatever for travel, let's say. Yeah. And then if I just don't show up to the PTQ and plan to keep it cash, they never send me the money? I think they I think they do send you the money ahead of time, but I think they're also like, you need to pay us back. And look, maybe that's unenforceable, but good luck going to any other PT ever after that. I mean, I love, I love the idea that Matt Tabak shows up at your door with a, yeah. with a tire iron yeah. and it's just like, time to pay the piper. <laughs> um, Eric, you didn't stuff up. You didn't. If they if if this had been a cash prize and had been given to you, Watsy would have expected the money back if you didn't turn up at the PT. Uh, do you know that for a fact? That's what it said in the thing. Uh, it said you must register, and I think it was even like play round one or whatever. Play round one or do. I think it was something like like something that look in fairness ultimately is unenforceable, right? Mm-hmm. But this would have been a very like take the money and run situation for you, Eric. And because you say later on, right, queuing for every RPTQ and always missing the invite, that sort of stuff. If you had taken this money and not turned up at the tournament, right, 
uh, you w- it wouldn't have mattered if you'd won any other RPTQs because I think you would have had a hard time talking Wizards into giving you another prize. Mm-hmm. Because you okay, okay, the first that one. Sense. That's my understanding. I'm not 100% on this, but I remember very... I'm not 100% on actually how it would work, but I'm very... I was Because ve- I remember looking at it and be like, why would I not play? It's a trip to Europe. I can't wait to play in this event, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are there are some people who would look at that and be like, oh, I can't really bother. I'll just take the money and, and go. But Eric, you didn't... You actually didn't... Like, I, I know what to tell you, man. You've got nothing to regret, right? Because if you had taken this money, if you'd taken this cash prize and you had run, right, your magic career would have been over because you never would have been invited to another tournament ever again. Like if you'd won another invite or something, they would just be like, well, this, is the, it, yeah. this is the guy who cut and run. Like why would we give him another uh, another travel award? Wow. Right with the actual, ex- like consider yourself, you know, atoned for my child. <laughs> I mean, look at all this bloody, look at all these bloody tears on my shoulder here, mate. Look at all this scrying yeah. that's been done on my shoulder. Soaking wet. We call it the wet shoulder segment of the podcast. The wet shoulder segment. More, I'm more interested in diving into this, the judge lying. Yeah, that's something else. Maybe, I mean, did he, have, did he have like a like a pot roast in the oven or whatever he had to get home ne- to? Need to get home, yeah. Yeah, need to get home to watch the late show. Um, the judge <clears> lied <throat> to me so I would make a deal and he could go home sooner. I don't think the judge did that. Somehow. You think, what do you mean? I don't know. That's like... I, look, I don't know. I wasn't there, but that's, that seems like a that seems like a weird line for a judge to take. Are you saying that the judge lied because he was friends with the other guy or something? No, I'm saying the judge probably didn't lie. Oh, you think? And you think Eric misunderstood? Well, that's that's the thing. Like, it's a cash prize I didn't have to use for travel. Um, I mean, maybe that's true. I don't know. Look, I don't know. I just remember that, and, and this is coming from Australia as well, where it's one of the most expensive travel awards that you can that's a, that's a spicy get. plane ticket yeah right and i remember being i remember in the terms and conditions being like you you forfeit your invitation and your what and and your and your prize if you don't turn up on you know whatever august 20 or whatever it was in um yeah, yeah. in amsterdam so i was like i'll be there don't worry wouldn't miss Give it for the world. bells on um, all right we got a question here already from the dave the kind dave. of a shark tale he says yes this one's interesting this isn't a question this is a this is a, this is a, i i wanted i i I want to follow this up, Dennis, with uh, with a question for you, my friend. So let's let's get in. Oh here. wow, okay. You said to me to read it. I see. All uh, right, yes, the day no. kind of a shark tale. <laughs> when I got into magic as a kid, my dad thought this was a terrible hobby and took away all my cards to store them safely away in a box in his bedroom. He would only give them back for the monthly tournament in a nearby village. After some time, I started keeping some cards in my pockets when coming back from the tournament and would later tell him that I'd found some cards laying around and was putting them back in the box, confident in his authority. He thought nothing of it and always let me proceed. Little did he know that I was only doing this to put more cards from the box in my pockets and take these back to my room. What a weird grift. It's so good, though. Because why would your dad let you near the box? Right? We'd be like, oh, dad, can I just go and look at my... He's like, no, of course not. It's like, oh, here. But, you know, you take a handful of commons out of your pocket. like, oh, dad, I found these. I'll go and put them with the res. He's like, yep, sure, go ahead, kid. <laughs> and then you just pilfer the other ones. Dad's not going to know. Skimming off the top, yeah. Skim, yeah, skim the cream off the top. He's not going to know. And then you go with those cards into your room. You start building your decks. This is genius. So what was the follow-up question you wanted to ask me about this? What did you have taken off you as a kid and how did you deal with it? Because this oh, is genius um, from the day. I had all sorts of other rorts and cons and stuff that I got. I tried because my, my parents take all sorts, took all sorts of stuff off me. I had a WWE wrestling video game taken off me. Let me find out what the name of it was. Because also, this is going to be a rabbit hole, right? You ready for this? Because it would have been like WWE like 2K5 no, no. well, or something. Back then, these did not have years. 
Oh, this was like raw heck in a sec or something. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Okay. So yeah. let me see what it was. So while, while you're looking it up, I'll, I'll I'll say what happened to me. So my um, I got a I got a Game Boy, one of the original old like brick Game Boys, right? And the first mm-hmm. games I got for it for it were te- Tetris and Asteroids and Missile Command, and then I got like. Yoshi something. It was like a weird Tetris-like game. I thought it was going to be a side-scrolling platform. It was not. I was very disappointed in that. Had some other games as well. Anyway, I wasn't allowed to play it except for on weekends, right? Couldn't play it during uh, during school days. And then because I bloody loved it that much and would play it all weekend whenever I could, my time got reduced to an hour. Mum used to put the timer on the microwave and I'd only be able to play for an hour per day on the weekends. And oh, look, because- she used to run the microwave for an hour as an egg timer? <laughs> Just yeah. pumping rays into the room. <laughs> um, then, because uh, I just I just love video games so much, and even that wasn't enough. Uh, it got taken off me, except for school holidays. So I was only allowed to play it on school holidays. And this continued all the way through, and I got a Game Boy Color all the way through to getting an Xbox as a fourteen year old. I could only play it on like weekends and school holidays. So it looks like the game I had taken off me was WWF SmackDown, which is a PlayStation One game. And the reason, Riley, you're yeah, I'm, so, I'm so curious because, like, my parents were really uptight about the sorts of games I played as well. And your parents let you play Metal Gear Solid, but not SmackDown? So, uh, here's the thing. Go. First of all, I never really liked wrestling very much, okay. but all of my friends did, which meant I kind of had to, like, yes, you know. Yes, yeah, I understand that. You got roped in. Roped in. But um, <laughs> one time I did try to body slam a friend of mine and I did break the bed in the bedroom. <laughs> So there's a lot of worse things you could have broken there. I was and I did break. There were there were many. There are there's a list of like 250 bones I could have broken on the, at the end of that sentence, of his right? Arms and poked her along. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But then my mum read about this kid who was playing. Mm. And you ready for you? You ready for this wives' tale, Riley? You're not ready for I'll, this. I'm looking forward to this one. Kid was playing with his ball. Okay. Mm. Ball goes under the bed. Yep. The kid, full of you know seven or eight year old raw energy dives under the bed yeah and there is a pencil under the bed riley no and the pencil dry i was like oh no he's got to get a pencil in his eye yeah, or through his cheek th- or something too, straight away no the story was that the pencil went between two of his ribs and stabbed him in the heart like a vampire how what because someone jumped on the bed what no 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 no, no. he dived under the bed so the, the pencil's on the floor the pencil is, was on the floor and it, it bloody Van Helsinged him? Yeah, and all he's right. parallel with the pencil right, as he Dennis propels himself, right? And she was like, you could have broken the bed. And, which, to be fair, I did crack one of the beams in the bed by jumping on it and you know, dri- driving my friend through it. Um, <laughs> so you could have broken the bed and then the wood would have been jagged and pointing up and then it would have stabbed you through the chest. I'm like, well, hang on. If I broke the bed yeah. after uh, by landing on it, breaking it, first of all, it's not broken yet, so it's not jagged until I've actually landed on mm. it. And second of all, it's them pointing down, not up. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I bet your wrestling mum wasn't games in got sort taken of mood away. To to hear that that kind of cold no, logic thrown back. She, in her face. Yeah, she was very uninterested in my diagrams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Riley, I I have now you know got- that your father and I sleep on a bed of pencils. How could you do this? <laughs> yeah, how could you do this? We're a pencil bed family. <laughs> but so eventually, these these video games adopted you know SmackDown versus Raw, which was a great game. I love that game. I had on PSP. And all that stuff. Back in the day, yeah. boy, did they have some wild titles. So, and that, and that was why the wrestling game it was a bad influence. Yeah, had you it was, I was gonna, Yeah, I remember finding it in my parents' closet like years later. 
I uh, see. The thing is, and and this is what I was going to say. I had all the sneaky tricks. I knew, like, just like the Dave, I knew, I knew where they kept my Game Boy. Right? It wasn't like mm-hmm. you want. You're not allowed it. You know, don't play with it. It was like we have to take it off you because you know we know you'll sneak playing it whenever you can. But I knew where they hid it. They they hid it the same place they hid the Christmas presents. Like they hid yep. everything was hidden on the top shelf of Dad's. Like where all these jumpers, the the moth eaten jumpers he never wore were. They're all under there. So whenever exactly, they were out, exactly always, exactly the same for me. Yeah. Whenever like I would I would. I would have to come up with a way to like sneak into their room to like put it in my backpack when I needed to take it to school so I could like trade Celebi with the, you know Matt Perrin and uh, what are Matt's going? He was the one with the rat tail. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of Smart Dance. I did dock someone from from primary school. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I just knew where the I, I don't know. Like I played around a lot of what my parents were doing. For example, I brought home GTA uh, three or Vice City. I can't remember one of them and. Whenever mum or dad were in the room, whenever they were around, I would make sure to just do driving missions and try mm. really hard not to, like, drive on the stop footpath. At, stop at those red lights. Exactly. I'd be like, yeah. So or it's like, oh, it's a racing game, you know, and i just make sure not to drive through the area where the, you know, the, the Cubanos were going to start firing their Uzis at yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, and now the thing, the really annoying thing is mum these days is like, oh, I knew you were doing it. Oh, I knew exactly what you're up to. I knew. I was like, no, you didn't. Don't lie. I was very sneaky. I knew what I was getting away with. You're like, oh, no, I knew. I knew. It's like, no, you didn't. Don't lie to me. <clears throat> so the other thing I wanted to mention to you, Robbie, was the naming convention of these old WWE games. Because now it's WWE 2K whatever. 2K, WWE 2K, et cetera, yeah. yeah. Which doesn't make a lot of sense once you get past 2... Like, once it gets to 2K10, you may as well just put the other zero in there. So are you ready for these games, Robbie? Go. We got WWE, WWF SmackDown. Okay, that's the World Wildlife Fund. Yep. Yes, and then we had WWF SmackDown Just Bring It, also known in Japan as Exciting Pro Wrestle 3. <laughs> Exciting Pro Wrestle 3. Oh, that's a good name. I can find no evidence of Pro Wrestles 1 or 2, but that's whatever. Then the following year, hmm. WWE, they made the switch, SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. <laughs> And then the last one before they adopted a, a, a normal naming convention appears to have been the 2003's WWE SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. Here Comes mostly, the Pain. So it's mostly about bringing things and things arriving. If you, you know, can just, just bring it. In order, just the subtitles, just the subtitles of all of them. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. So we got just, we got nothing, and then we got just bring it, just bring and it. then know your role. Okay. And then shut your mouth, yes. and then here comes the pain. Can I tell you, this sounds like a... Limp Biscuit song? I was going to say high school gym teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's Bring like, it! Yeah. Hey, hey! Know your role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! Shut, yeah. your, ma- shut your mouth! Okay, I don't, I don't know I don't know if a high school teacher can say, here comes the pain. Yeah, comes I guess pain. he hurls a dodgeball at an unsuspecting you know, third grader. Exactly, yeah. Here comes the Here comes the pain. <laughs> Boom! It's like a little short story. It's like a little bit of microfiction. I think I think you could I think you could go and read these subtitles at a slam poetry session in Seattle and no one would notice. And people would be like mm, inspiring stuff. Really, really. It'd be, it'd be, it'd it'd be rough when you when you got to here comes the pain. Shut your mouth. Smackdown versus Raw 2006. I think it falls apart there. A little they're, bit. Gonna, they're gonna figure it out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even if look, even if you're not into into wrestling. I'm going to quickly recommend the episodes of Monster Factory with uh, Justin and Griffin McElroy from My Brother, My Brother and Me, where they build the most ridiculous characters in the WWE Create character, character creation. Yeah. 2K16 has one of the most robust 
and hilarious can, uh, uh, character creation uh, option. I don't know how to say it. Like, the character creation engine in that game is wild. It is. Is this the one where you can you can make like eight foot tall monsters? Oh, you can. You have so much control over every single part of their thing. You can give them like huge biceps and tiny forearms and long spindly fingers like a wicked witch. And you can customize <laughs> every part of their outfit. You can give them tattoos. You can write stuff on them. Like it's it's amazing. If you, and and the Monster Factory videos really put it through its paces. They're just trying to break the physics engine. It's and like at the end also they have all the like signature dance moves and entrance things of a of all the wrestlers, right? So you can make you know the uh, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Whoops, sorry, forgot the established fiction. Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Rock the Johnson. You can make him do the sexy dance of one of the, you know, the 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 female wrestlers who come in with, you know, in their in their fighting bikinis uh, and do a central dance. You can make, uh, if, if that's what you've always, you always want to see the rock dance like that, WWE mm. 2K16, mate. It's got you back. Don't worry about it. Wow. Oh, I got another question here, Dennis. This one comes to us from Leaf Folk Shaman who I think I remember from my Twitch stream. Lee Folk Shaman says, Hello, it's my long-time listener, first-time submitter. I have a question for when I can go back to playing in person. When I was beginning okay. to go to competitive REL events, all the guides that I looked at and hammered into me that I should call a judge whenever anything went wrong in any of my games. I read the tournament rules, the infraction procedure guideline, document, uh, documents for judges that explain what is in legal in tournaments. Uh, I called a judge when I made even a tiny mistake, such as seeing the bottom card of an opponent's deck when they were shuffling or when, thing, uh, when things like these clearly could be resolved between the players. I was worried that I would get disqualified for not calling a judge about that since it would technically be correct according to some interpretations of the rules, even if it's never enforced. At that point, I also held my opponents to similar standards. I called a judge when my opponent glanced at their phone during a competitive match ooh, and appealed to the floor judges, uh, r- ruling that that, w- that that was fine. Oh, dear. Uh, I also loudly called a judge and opponent in F&M when a stranger gave them outside assistance and this got submitted to SMA in this is this guy the asshole segment? Oh my god, he's come back from like episode 12 or whatever or something as the surprise villain in episode 72. After reflecting on this, I've realized that I was a rules lawyer and a magical asshole for calling a judge on my opponents in these situations, not just quote unquote following the rules as I thought before. However, I'm still trying to figure out how much I should call a judge on myself at competitive and professional RELs. I call a judge on myself much more than other people, and these judge calls rarely result in anything beyond a don't do that. I feel like I'm wasting everyone's time with some of the more trivial judge calls that could easily be resolved between my opponent with some of uh, my opponent and I. But according to the technical rules and according to most judges I've asked, when in doubt, I should always call a judge. Should I call a judge on myself less? I mean, when in doubt, you should always, always call a judge fine. You should be in doubt less often, I guess. I think, that's, answer, right? I think that's where it comes down to, right? Like, yes, when in doubt, you should call a judge. And uh, someone on the Discord brought up this. I can't remember which judge it is, but there was a, there's, a, there's a famous judge, GP judge who always says, when in doubt, call a judge. Do not ask your opponent. They do not have your best interests at heart, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's just such a good a good way to put it. But yeah, man, like if your opponent keeps looking at their phone, if your opponent is like texting during the match, sure, let's get a judge involved. If they're just like looking at their phone to like check the time or something, like that's not an area where you should be in doubt. Like that that one you can probably let ride, you know? Do you think, and right, I want to ask your character assassination question sure. here about Leaf Shaman. Yeah. Do you think Lee Folk Shaman is the miss you forgot to collect our homework, kid? I don't know. I mean, it, it has that kind of vibe, right? And look, I don't want to mm. criticize Lee Folk Shaman for this attitude because you know the really tough thing here is that the rules say that you should be doing this, man. I know, I know, I know. Like, but look, it, letter of the law, spirit of the law. And man. this is the thing, right? Like, 
you know, I jaywalk all the time. I don't have time to wait at the lights. I envy people who wait at the lights. We got him. We got him. The 72 episode sting operation for getting Riley for jaywalking has finally come to a close. Dresses. Police <laughs> kick in the door. Matt Tabak breaks your kneecap for his $200 travel stipend. It's all coming together. Like, I envy people who stand there waiting for the light to go green. I wish I had that kind of time on my hands, mm. you know? I wish there were enough mm. hours in the day. But I'm busy, mate. I've got places to go. I've got people to see. Well, not these days anyway, but... Um, you got you got microphones to talk into. I'm not waiting at the lights if the road's clear. If there's no cars on the road, I'm, I'm crossing the road, right? And yes, it's illegal, but like, come on, whatever. And and it is, it's frustrating because like Lee Folk Shaman is is right, you know, in that sense. But if 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 every single like I have no doubt that every single person listening to this podcast has broken the rule at least once, right? And I would say the overwhelming majority of them probably have never seen a, any kind of punishment for it, right? Because it's impossible yeah. to play within the rules all 100, like 100% of the time. Because at the end of the day, so, you know what it is, Dennis? This is the, you can't take more than 10 kilograms of um, carry-on luggage onto an aeroplane. That rule is there, right? So when someone turns up with three suitcases and a rucksack, they're like, well, there's no rule that says I can't. It's not there to stop people trying to take 11 kilos. Exactly. Of <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not there to stop, you know. Megan, this is something you used to worry, Megan. When we went to the airport, she's like, oh, we've got to be really careful. Like, what if our bag, I'm like, I've been on so many flights and they just don't care as long as you are not completely taking the piss, right? They're not weighing your hand luggage. In, I mean, some airlines, they are like the, the cheaper ones, sure. But um, they don't care that much, right? And it's just there to make sure that someone doesn't turn up with 20 kilos. They can point to the mm-hmm. sign and they can say, there's the rule, you know? And that's why a lot of these rules are written into the IPG and the and the and the and the MTR and whatever else. It's so the judges can cite them when they need to when there's been a, an egregious break. I mean, that's 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 just correct, right? I think you're right for sure. Like, it's not. It is not your job to play the part of the arena client. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, hang on, you untapped before you drew. Yeah. Or so you didn't tap before you drew. All that kind of stuff. Like. And especially on your own mistakes, like, if your opponent doesn't care, you probably shouldn't care. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not to say that you shouldn't use that as a window to cheat inside or no. anything like that. But if your opponent doesn't care because you... I'm going to keep using the example of drawing before you tap because that's like a prototypical, like, yep. technically a mistake, but doesn't really matter. Like, that doesn't need a judge call. You can't miss it. You can't miss untapping. And like, like for example, even the example Leafo Shaman gives here, I called a judge when I made even a tiny mistake, just seeing the bottom of a card in an opponent's deck while they were shuffling it. That's your opponent's mistake. That's not your mistake. And I w- like what I would do in that situation. Like, there's been things where you know your my opponent's accidentally showed me their hand or they're holding their cards in a way I can see. Them. I could be like, I'll just be like, hey, um, just so you know, like I can see, I can see your cards when you shuffle, or that sort of thing, right? You don't need to call a judge in that situation, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't know. It's bad because, like this, the image we're the, like the the message we're giving here is very contrary to what people should think, which is always call a judge. But I think in Lee Folk Shaman's situation, call the judge less often. But everyone else, <laughs> everyone, Lee Folk Shaman, you need to share some of that judge calling energy around around yeah. all the people who never call judges. I, who think, are too I think you're at the wrong end of the you're at the wrong end of the bell curve. Yeah, exactly. We need to we need to we need to flatten the curve, Dennis. We need to flatten the curve. Anyway, Lou Fake Showman, I think Dennis nailed it right at the beginning. Um, you don't need to call a judge on yourself less. You need to worry about the... Like, what was it? Call a judge when you're in doubt. You need to be in doubt less. Exactly. That's where it comes from. Anyway, Dennis, we've got a, we got a deeper question here. This one comes to us from Peter Rahim. You want to hit us up with uh, what Petey's got here? This one's a little more serious. Yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get the cap on running. Right, here Here's go. a more philosophical question for everyone for the podcast. I think we all can agree that when it comes to professional or even competitive play in general, it takes a lot of time and money to get to a place where you can even come close to start making reliable money. Obviously, we play Magic for fun. 
and it is most of our favorite games, but when it is a job or you're trying to make it your job, you can't help but think, is there a better use of my time? Many persons say that they often practice for 12 hours a day, seven days a week, in preparation for some for a GP or a pro tour of old. And more often than not, they get sent home with little to sometimes no money to show for it. And that's on the highest level. Magic is not the most lucrative endeavor. I find myself thinking after scrubbing out or even coming close to cashing in a big tournament, what else could I have invested my time and money into that would have paid higher dividends, financially, mentally, even physically? I think if the pros before the MPL or the pros not in the MPL, do they even just wish they'd invested the time and energy into a different endeavor, like poker, a college degree, a relationship of theirs? How about you, Riley and Dennis? Have you ever regretted going after the dream of magic, fame, and fortune? I think I'm in a very, very odd position here because I have made a lot more money off of magic than I've put into it. Uh, if they put you on the list of highest earning, uh, uh, if, they, if they put your income from magic on the list of like pro tour winnings, it would be high. I would like not just me, but like anyone who is, yeah, t- like Tim Willoughby would also be very yeah, high, for exactly. example. Like probably one of the highest earning Magic professionals of all time would be Richard Hagen. You know, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. So, or just like any salaried Watsy employee, yeah, or like or like Chris Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Mark Rosewater's been there since. You know, he's been there for donkeys years, mate. Most yeah. successful Magic pro of all time. Oh, what tournaments he would? No, he made the game but you know yeah um there's so much to unpick with this question um but i want to come back to the 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 first thing that pd said in the the very first paragraph of this thing you can't help but think is there a better use of your time i don't know that there's anything that you can possibly do where you don't think that if you're the kind of person whose brain thinks of those questions all the time i think that's true if you're a person who always feels as though the grass is greener or at the very least could be greener you, Riley's saying this because Riley's a thousand percent of these 100% people. Hundred percent, that person. Like you, I used to, I used to teach primary children for a living. Like that's one of the most worthy jobs on earth, right? Like that is one of the most ethically defensible ways to spend your time, right? Like improving the minds of future generations, preparing children to meet their futures. Like that is one of the most worthwhile things you can do with your time. You know, any healthcare professional is going to have a similar, you know, mm. education, health, that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, foreign development aid, all of that sort of stuff, right? Um, like you've got a mate who works for the UN. I do, right? Like this, the, 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 that sort of stuff. You you should be able to look at that and effortlessly go. This is a good use of your time. But when I was teaching, I was I was like, what else could I be doing? Like, could I be doing more? Like, mm-hmm. should I? Be I mean, doing that's something? how you that's how you got here, should right? I do, should I be doing something different? And when the Magic King thing came along, I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, I don't know. Travel the world, improve myself personally, entertain people, like all that sort of thing, right? And I still go, well, teaching was, I don't know, more ethically defensible than getting in an airplane every weekend. Mm. So I don't think, if you're just that kind of person who's constantly questioning your own, like, um, actions and and objectives and and motivations, I don't think you're ever going to be in a position where you're not asking, is there a better use of my time? I do think the ceiling on magic is way too low for this. Mm. Like, if you would invest in all of that, ma- like, I'm talking about being a player, because, like, you, you and I are magic gathering professionals, but you are chiefly a commentator, yep. and I just work in a marketing department. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. If I went, if I, if, if tomorrow Chan Farball decided to up and sell, shower, you know, shower curtains, or so, something, yeah. shower curtains, my job wouldn't change all that much. Yeah. yeah. I probably said in the podcast, but that's about it. No, um, we just become we become a podcast about shower curtains. 
Right, but the ceiling, the floor on Magic is very low, and the ceiling is really low too as a player. <laughs> like, if you're a poker player mm. it, and you go play cash games, it is Medium. easier to lose, not to lose, to mitigate your losses. And if you spike really high at poker, Medium. you know, Phil Ivy is a lot richer than the average, than the, than the best performing Magic player of all time. Yep. 100%. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I do not think Magic is like, and look, even most of the pros, the MPL has kind of changed things because it turns it into, into functioning to like salaried employees, basically. Mm-hmm. But even then, most of those pros make money. They either have other jobs yeah. or they get paid for content. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of the way to go. I, I mean, weird. content I is definitely the way that a lot of pros have been able to, you know, live off of Magic. And oh, yeah. there's sort of something unwritten about like you win, you win the pro tour. Maybe you get to start writing articles, you know, and if you can put yep, together yep, a yep. good finish, if you platinum all that sort of stuff, it's sort of there's this hidden. It's like the sponsorship bonuses for basketballmen, you know. They play. If That's they, where if the real they, money is. Yeah. If they do a lot of really good basketballing then they get to wear fancy shoes and get paid for it, you know, and that's where a lot of the income is generated. And that's kind of how it is here. So, but like. Well, what happened to me was I, I had, a, I had a different career and then I moved into this career off the back of playing a bunch of magic and off the back of making magic content. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Hey, I like this sort of business side career side of the career much more. And so I immediately went and I got an MSc in digital marketing, like while I was working at Channel Fireball, so that I was like, okay, if I'm going to shift my career in this direction, I need to use this time mm. to teach myself transferable skills. Where for if a time ever comes where I can't work at a company because I know a lot about Magic the Gathering cards, and I need to go work for a company that sells shower curtains, for example. Yeah, and you you can actually take some. And look, we've talked about there's this article that Matt Sperling wrote about like what Magic is teaching you, right, in, right, right. in order to get a real job. You know, with problem solving, resource management, risk assessment, all of these things that come from high pressure. You know, working on uh, to tight deadlines, high pressure preparation, all that sort of stuff, right? And Magic does teach you all those things, but. At the end of the day, recreation and leisure time is also really important. This is a lesson that I've learned the hard way uh, in 2020, right? When I was just like, well, there's nothing stopping me from sitting at my desk seven days a week and just working, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't like, I like streaming, but it got to a point with streaming where I'm like, well, why would I play a video game for my own personal enjoyment when I could stream it and, you know, have it become a part of my revenue stream? And that is just so bad and so unhealthy. And, if if you look back at the hours you spend playing Magic and be like, oh geez, I wasted that. I could have, you know, I could have been writing a book. I could have been building houses in in under uh, you know in underdeveloped countries or whatever. It's just like, like you're just gonna crucify yourself and you're never gonna you're never gonna be able to rest. So it's tough and it's something that I still struggle with every day. Looking at you know like I, I play Apex with with you or with like another mate or people on my Discord and I'm like, well, that was you know a couple of hours I could have spent doing anything else but it's like well, i enjoyed it i had fun it was good hey man there's i think there's an oh there's a quote that's attributed to isaac newton that i bet he never said mm, go on but um that is time enjoyed wait uh time enjoyed wasted wasting is not time wasted it's definitely not isaac newton but sure <laughs> yeah. there's no way there's no way right but it's what comes up when you google it and um, there's no way he ever said that if you yeah it, it's if you enjoy yeah, let me try to find the real source of that quote. It's definitely no not to, him because like it's this is so guy, out of character as well, right? This is a guy who like stuck needles in his eye for fun, and like I don't know if he. And he, this is a guy who, like stared into the sun just to see what would happen. Yeah, you know? he's like, mm, let me start. Let me. It's like he's like, look, guys, time enjoyed wasting is not time wasted. Now I gotta go stir pots of mercury with my bare hands. I'll be back in a little bit. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm gonna really enjoy it. 
Man, okay, going down this rabbit hole to try and find out, uh, I got I got Marth Trolley Curtin, I got John Lennon, I got Bertrand Russell, so nobody yeah. knows. Gandalf. Let's just call it Yeah. Yeah. Gandalf Gandalf the Grey, right? Time enjoy wasting is not time wasted. Exactly. Get yourself some pipe weed after the races. Um You you gotta go do a bit you regret, easier do you yourself, re- Petey, and this is how Do you regret it? Pardon? Do you regret it? Do you regret it? Do I regret it? Do you regret it? going after the dream of magic, fame, and fortune? No. No, I don't think so. Mm, that pause was an awful convincing. I'm really trying to think it over about how much I regret. There's stuff about my job I don't like, but I mean, there's stuff about everyone's oh, sure. job. It's, it's, there was it's, stuff that being a teacher didn't like. You know exactly. You know, and I was very happy being a teacher. On upon reflection, some of the best years of my life, but also some of the greatest challenges, some of the most miserable experiences I've ever had, also came from that same period of employment. So well, you and I talked about this that because you always talk about going back to being a teacher, yeah. and how you bet that when you, as soon as you go back to class, you'd be like, oh man, I miss going to GPS. <laughs> Like, I know that I, I don't, when I look back at my time teaching, I have to really struggle to remember what it was like getting up at seven o'clock every morning and, yep. you know, I, getting to Friday and being like, whoa, what happened there? You know? Mm-hmm. And like, broadly speaking, I can set my own hours. Like, there's a certain number of hours of work I need to do every week, just not because it's mandated by anyone, but just because that that's the time that I have to spend if I want to get my weekly income, you know, I got to get that, I got to get that bread. But um, it's a very different experience when I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like getting up today. I'll just work late. I'll stay in bed till 11 o'clock. You know, and that's, that's a luxury. That freedom that I- is, yeah, that freedom is something else. Exactly. And it's also one that it's easy to take for granted. And I know that when I go back to teaching, I'll be like, geez, you know, why, why did I ever give that up? But right now when I look back at teaching, I'm like, man, I miss seeing that moment in a child's eyes when they finally get it. Like that, any teacher's going to agree with me. When you see a kid finally understand something especially if they've been struggling with it for a while like that you just like it makes your heart sing and i've experienced that for years right because i don't work with kids anymore and i look at it and go geez i could can't wait to get back to that but i'm sure when i get back to that i'm like why did i why did i ever go away from what i could have been in bed you know where <laughs> we're about to break for recess and i could be rolling over and and turning off my second alarm right now yeah yeah um so I don't know, man. Grass is always greener. Mentality can be really good. It can light a fire under your ass. It can get you going. It can make sure that you're always striving for, 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 for more and for better. But it can also wear you into the ground. And you've got to be really careful with how you balance it. So I don't think I regret the, the energy, the time that I yeah, put into you magic. You've you got to try to get motivation out of it. Yeah. you don't, you got to try to get the motivation out of it without getting the regret, regret out of it, to be honest, yeah. I think is the only way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't know. And also, the other thing is, I mean, we talked about this with the previous thing. The past is in the past. You can't change it. If you spent 10 years chasing the dream, like, obviously, you enjoyed it enough to keep doing it, you know. if You, you got stuff out of that. There, there's no way that you can look back at it. Like, almost necessarily with a game like Magic, I mean, I know to, today, the pandemic, whatever else, it's very different. But, like, if you've been playing Magic for 10 years and you've been chasing that dream, whatever else, there's no way that you can't say that it has developed you and, and probably improved you as a person. You've definitely made sure. friendships. You've pushed boundaries with, of, 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 of traveling, going to places you wouldn't have gone to. You, you, you think more clearly. You're probably more organized. You're probably more analytical. You know, like it has improved you. So I wouldn't throw the baby out the booth bathroom and be like, I've been playing this children's card game for years. What a waste of my time. It's like, well, no, you've 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 taken a lot out of it and it's important to to weigh those two things up you know you can't just consign everything to the scrap heap of regret and say that oh, this wasn't worth it 
Very poignant little snippet at the end there, Randy. Yeah. I, I mean, I think about this, Dennis. You know that it's been a challenging year. For, I mean, it's been Oh, we talk about this, yeah. It's been a challenging year for Magic. It's been a challenging year for you and for me and for so many other people for so many other for so many reasons. Magic has changed fundamentally. The world has changed fundamentally, you know, and mm. asking questions like this when you're stuck at home with nothing else to do, it's it's very natural. And I don't know, I'm sitting here and like dispensing wisdom like I'm bloody King Solomon or something, but you know that I don't live up to these words a lot of the time, Dennis. I know that you also suffer from frustration and doubt and all this sort of thing. And sometimes it is just nice having someone tell you, hey, like it's all right. Just keep things in perspective. You're going to be all right. Just, just think about things a little more clearly. So I don't know, man, you know, talking about this sort of stuff is important if it, if it's going to help people get their, get their head in order, you know, you want to decompress a little video game chat. I was going to say enough of this nonsense. Let's talk about video games. Dennis, I played a game called breath edge. Mm-hmm. And you said it was a roller coaster of experiences. I recall. Uh, I want to, I don't want to say it was a roller coaster. Welcome to Charizard Me River, by the way, the secret podcast in the podcast where Dennis and I talk about video games. Because roller coaster implies that it went up and down and up and down and up and down, like pretty consistently, right, throughout the entire things. Like there were good bits, there were bad bits. And sure. It's just, it, no, this game was incredible. This game was amazing, right, until it was garbage. And then it didn't stop <laughs> it turned, being garbage. It turned, into one of the, it turned into one of those kitty caterpillar roller coasters about halfway through. It was like, so, th- so for those of you who haven't seen it, it's basically Subnautica in space. It's a crafting survival game, right? where you're, you're in a crashed spaceship, you have to salvage items from the wreckage, the debris of this other of the, of the larger spaceship that you've crashed near, right? Um, and then, like, build a little base, go and scavenge and salvage other supplies so you can upgrade. It's a class, the classic formula. We've all played games like this. I love games like this. You clear out an area, you, and it's like, all right, mm-hmm. now we need to go to this warp drive area, right? And we will go to and, and, you know, continue the adventure. And then it's just a corridor simulator after that. And it was so disappointing because you've got all these blueprints that you have to unlock stuff. And it's like, great. We're going to go to the next area. There's going to be like, you know, double titanium. There's going to be advanced phlebotonium, right? And then these are going to be used to, to craft the super <laughs> advanced thing. Advanced phlebotonium. <laughs> And there isn't. It just become. I don't know what happened. I don't know if a different development team took over. I don't know if it was rushed out the door. But it went from being a charming, funny, witty, uh, you know, not not in any way groundbreaking, but very fun uh, survival crafting game, to a really, really bad, like, not even a first person shooter. I don't even know. Just a corridor simulator. Just like a walking, wandering around game. It was like you would. It was like dungeon crawling, except there were no enemies. There were a few unmanned turrets. <laughs> like you had to explore. That's a, so weird. Yeah, it was like very, very mild puzzle solving in like abandoned space stations. And that's the end and game. And that was the end game. And I, I always expected. I thought it was a, a, a transition. I thought it was like, all right, here's area one. You build a thing in there. You get in. The, you go through the warp drive. You have to go through a series of challenges to fix your ship. And then it's like, all right, here's area two. And now you're going to build the rocket that's going to take you home. Right. So now you have to scavenge this and find that and go into this, but that sort of thing, right? Another sort of more survival crafting thing. Nope, it just ends. That's bizarre. I do not recommend the game. And I, it breaks my heart because- well, You first- recommend the first three hours, right? Pardon? Would you recommend the first three oh, hours? The first like 10, even maybe 15. Oh, wow. Like, okay. It, the first is amazing, but like, it's just so disappointing. And the, 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 the setup is not worth the payoff at all. No, don't recommend it. Which is such uh, a good plan because it's so funny. That's the other thing. Sorry, before we, like, uh, well, the, the final good. thing I want to say about this, right? It is so funny, and hardly any games are actually funny. Portal, South Park, um, that's kind of it, right? That actually get <clears throat> real laugh out loud comedy into their games. 
this was so, so good, right? There's one point where you have to repair a spaceship that obviously you know as a player it's not going to work, right? But ostensibly it's like, oh, repair this ship and then we'll get it on board it and um, we'll, we'll fly to safety, right? You get on board the ship, you power up the engines, you take control of the steer, like you put, you put, you're holding the steering wheel or whatever it is for the ship, like you're holding the thing that controls the ship, right? You you engage the engines, the entire ship flies off without you because the steering wheel wasn't attached. And just like all these subversions of like your expectations, there's fart jokes, there's all sorts of just, it's so, so good, right? But it's just let down by unforgivably bad gameplay for the second half unfortunately i wish it were good dennis i wish it were good i'm sorry dude i'm sorry i'm sorry you only got half the game you wanted out i know of it. man and it's like i want to go back and build the base that i was looking forward to but now i was like i oh, can't be bothered anyway anyway what have you been playing dennis i've been playing i expect you to die what is this have game? you I've played i expect you to die no so I'm playing it on the Oculus, but I think you can play it on PC as well. It is kind of like... So it's a first-person game, okay. and you are like a very... It's a very campy, like, James Bond-style thing. Right, so like a 60s and, kind of spy thriller vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's like, it's like, oh, no, the villain has you tied to the chair, yep. and there's the laser thing, yep. and you're above the pool of sharks, and you got to reach in your pocket and flip the coin, and that it's kind of like... It plays kind of like an escape room. Right, yeah, okay, I see. That's cool. And it's really, really good. And it is very silly, very funny. Into that. And I would highly, highly recommend it. I played it in VR, which was great. I'm sure, I'm not sure what, how it compares to the normal, you know, mm-hmm. point and click Steam version, but I would definitely recommend it. So, so you're like Bond, ostensibly, or whatever. Exactly. You're the, yeah. you're the secret agent, the supervillain, the, the, the evil mastermind has like, got you in the overall overly elaborate death like track. for the first for, for the first mission you are in a prototype flying car that is in a plane and you have to get out of the plane yeah and drive the car off into the sky but you can't crack the window because there's poison gas in the hangar riling <laughs> and then there's like like you, you 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 find the key and you put it in the ignition of the car and you turn it and the like you know the little bit where the mirror is that flap in a car, the the the, sh- the sun visor, you mean? The sun visor. Dennis, yeah. d- Dennis, this is not a joke. Dennis doesn't have a driver's license. He cannot drive a car. I mean, I mean, I've sat in a car many. I've driven a car a couple of times, but I, I, I is, is that? I, I don't feel like that actually is an effective sun visor for what it's worth. Uh, it can work depending on where the sun is in the sky. It can get exactly. It, can, it works for like two hours out yeah, of the day, that's right? It. That's two hours you wouldn't have otherwise. I guess. Anyway, the sun visor steps down. There's a laser in it, and you have to, like, in the VR version, you have to physically, like, shift yourself to the right to dodge it. Yes. And then it's like, okay, you know, so you open, and then you open the glove compartment, and there's a stick of dynamite in the glove compartment. Oh, not gloves. Like, oh, no. Not gloves. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're right. So it's, it's, the, it's the bomb compartment. And then you got to, like, find the flip, the, the, like, there's, like, a, I'm just spoiling the whole first level, but, like, you find, like, the, like, a, a flip knife under the, under the chair, and you, like, cut the wires and stuff, and it's all very, like, high intensity. Yeah. Escape room stuff, and because because you keep dying, you learn. Okay, so you're like, okay, start the car, dodge the laser, get the da 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 da. It's one it's of good. those games where you learn by you have to you have to lose to the. You yeah. have to mess up. Yeah, yeah. that's great. It sounds really fun. It's a good game. I would recommend it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Don't go and buy Breath Edge. Go and buy. buy I expect you to I die. You die. It does. That's a, that does sound fun. I'm gonna have a look at that. There you go. That'd be a good game to stream. Actually, I actually don't think it'd be a bad game to stream. I saw. I immediately thought that. I was like, that'd be that'd be good for like a playthrough, right? Mm-hmm. But Dennis. I've got other plans. Oh. Have you seen? I tweet about this. Mm-mm. Dennis, I want to be the best. Oh, I did see this. That ever was. To beat all the rest, 
Now that's my cause. I can't remember the things, but uh, the, the words probably. To but, catch them is my real test. I was test. doing the poker rap one again. To but, train them. Like, yeah, there's a real song, man. I know, but that, okay. So the catch, to catch them is my real test and to train them is my cause. Dennis, can I tell you, I will travel across the land searching far and wide. Each Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. Pokemon, got to catch them all. Twitch, Pokemon. Twitch.tv slash Rulignut. Uh, 8 p.m. UDC tomorrow, Friday. I'm going to start a Nutslock run of Pokemon Heart Gold. And Dennis, can I tell you this? I cannot wait. So, Ronnie, in a nozzle, this this is Dark Souls Pokemon, right? This is hard mode. This is like hardcore mode Pokemon. This is survival. This is survival horror Pokemon. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a Nutslock run is, I do suggest you come and watch the stream because it's going to be really fun. Um, you're only allowed to catch one Pokemon per new area you go into, and it has to be the first. If you don't, like, mm-hmm. if you move, if you go into, you know, Route 36 and you run into a Rattata, that's your Pokemon for the, you can't catch any others. And every time a Pokemon gets knocked out, you release it. Oh, it's, it's gone forever. It's gone forever. Except I'm going to put them in the box, in the, like a little hall of shame. I'm going to put them in the, in the, in the storage box. Um, there are all sorts of other rules. Kenji, uh, Kenji Igashira, Numotanami is famous for playing like Iron Mon Challenges, which has even more ridiculous rules about like mm. items and checkpoints and whatever else. I'm going to be playing pretty light on for Nutslock, but yeah, um, uh, it's like permadeath Pokemon basically. And uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't played Pokemon properly for years. We tried Sword and Shield. It sucked. So I'm going to go back to one of the, um, one of the, one of the classics and uh, I, I'm hoping I'm really going to enjoy it. All right, I'm excited to see, dude. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, twitch.tv slash Rulings tomorrow, 8 p.m. UDC. Be there, be square. Are we done? I think we're. I think, I think we're done. I think we're. I think we're. I think we've reached the the end of the rainbow. Yeah, curve. End of the rainbow. Time to Trajectory. enjoy that. Time to enjoy that pot of gold, Dennis. Mm. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back next week with more nonsense, of course. Please send in your your questions, queries, and quandaries. Bit.ly slash join Riley's Discord is the best place to submit them. Dennis and I trawl through that every week. Uh, or if you want to um, submit messages to us individually, you can go on Twitter. Still looking for submissions for the new segment that we kicked off. I, I really don't want this one to peter out. I do want it, this one to continue. Dennis Raw. Uh, I'm thinking of changing it, the name. How do you feel about this, Dennis? Dennis Raw and Wriggling. I hate it. I hate that. With every fiber of my wriggling being, I hate that. I think it's very good. Dennis Raw and Wriggling like a fish. It uh, doesn't even make any sense. So it, it's from Lord of the Rings, mate. I, get, I know. I, I understand it's a quote. Anyway, it doesn't no flat no on that. Okay, so Dennis Raw and Wriggling coming up uh, next week or okay. or whatever. When it, when any whenever anyone sends in a good uh, Dennis Raw, remember to DM that no, just the, to me. So the Dennis live react, yeah. yeah, the live react Dennis Raw and Wriggling. Um, and more guests coming up soon as well. We're we're working on some people getting them in the pipeline. Yep. and uh, we're looking forward to that. Anyway, that's it, Dennis. Thanks for being here with me, mate. Thank you, Riley, and thank you to Joe and Karad, Sean Fireball, Maddie and Hal Stone, Tristone Walling, and most importantly. Stay fresh, cheese bags.